Welcome to Nifty Thinking. I'm your host, Kevin Simcock, founder of Nifty Picnic Creative Consulting. This podcast is all about providing brands with the tools, insights, and strategies they need to stand out in their industry and grow their business. For over 25 years, I've helped some of the largest brands in the world achieve outstanding growth. And I wanna help you build your brand too. So let's get started with some nifty thinking. Welcome to episode seven. In this episode, I'm gonna be talking about the importance of creating and nurturing a growth mindset and how that can add value to your clients. My background is in executive creative leadership and for over 25 years, I've creatively led and built ad agencies and marketing companies around the world. But now I'm running my own company, Nifty Picnic. And I'm using my global skills to help creative business owners around the world grow their business. The interesting part of transitioning from an executive employee to a business owner is the mind shift that has to happen. Most of my skills are totally transferable, but there were a lot of new skills that I needed to learn. And the biggest shift for me was my mindset. So let me start this episode by exploring mindset a little bit further. So one thing that struck me as I was thinking about mindset is this whole conversation around being indoctrinated into the workforce mindset. And it really struck me when I was starting up my own business how much of that was ingrained in me. And it really got me thinking about it. And this is where I kind of netted out with that whole uh, approach to the indoctrinated mindset of the workforce mindset. And I started thinking back when we were kids, specifically when I was a kid. And if you think back, it's, it's really interesting. Ever since we were kids, all of us have really been indoctrinated into this mainstream workforce mentality. And I never really thought about it before until I started working for myself. And the reason why it hit me was because I was struggling to adapt and change to specific areas of business ownership. And one of them is getting into that mindset of being a business owner as opposed to being an employee. And then I started thinking about like at a very young age, all the way back to when we were in primary school, when we were young, the school system is set up to mimic the workforce. And I, when I became aware of this, it blew my mind. It's like I was in a trance or something and I had blinders on and I had never ever seen it or realized it before. But when I started thinking about it, when I started digging into it, it all started to make sense. So let's go down this rabbit hole together for a minute. Let's compare school to the workforce framework. So from the time we're very young, when we're in primary school. The framework of school is set up to subconsciously train you 
to get into the workforce and to be indoctrinated into not only the mindset, but also the way of operating on a daily basis. So let's take a look at, at grade school, for example. School starts early in the morning between 8.30 and 9 a.m. And there's usually two breaks during the day. And that's called recess. And when we were kids, we all loved recess, right? Because that was a chance to get out of school and go play with your friends. But recess was only like 15 minutes, I think, or 20 minutes. I can't really remember back that far. But um, we, we had two breaks, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And then in between that, we had our lunch break. And some of us stayed at school and ate lunch at school. And some of us were fortunate enough to go home for school or for, to go home for lunch. So school starts at between 8.30 and 9. You get a morning break. You get a lunch break. You get an afternoon break. And then sometime around 3 o'clock, school ends. And you go home, and sometimes you have homework. But all the fun things for school, like sports and clubs, they all happen after school hours. And the interesting part is the system, the framework of school. You start in a low grade. You start at kindergarten, grade one, grade two, and you slowly work your way up through higher grades. And you only get to progress when you perform to the standards that were set out for you. If you got the grades that you needed to get, then you got to go on to the next level. You get to progress if you can prove yourself worthy and reach that standard to get to the next level. And the inter interesting thing too is at school you had summers off. And now let's take a look at the workforce framework. Work starts early in the morning, usually between 8.30 and 9 a.m. For most employees, you usually get two breaks a day and a lunch break. Two 15-minute breaks, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and a lunch break. The day usually ends around 5 p.m. And sometimes you have to work late or work overtime. You start at a low level, an entry-level position, a junior-level position in a company. And if you reach the predefined standards for the next level, the higher level in your career, then you get a chance to move up. You get promoted. But you only get promoted and reach that higher level if you perform to the standards that are set out for you. You get two weeks off for holidays, and most people take those holidays in the summertime. Have I blown your mind yet? Because it really did wake me up. I was like, oh my God, ever since I was a child, this whole system, this whole framework was really ingrained in me from the get-go to fall in line and abide by the workforce mentality. The similarities between, you know, the 20 years of school that you go through trains you to get into the workforce. Now, the astonishing thing about this is it's by no coincidence 
that these two systems mimic each other. In fact, those two systems were specifically designed this way on purpose. And this is the reason why most people find it so hard to start their own business. Because they have 20 years of being programmed to think and to operate as an employee. So running a business is totally different. The mindset is 100% different and very few of the habits that you have formed over those 20 years apply to owning and operating a business. And I believe that this is the reason why so many businesses fail. It's not that most people aren't cut out for it. It's because they're not trained to think properly for it. They don't have the mindset to operate a business. And I found this out when I started my business. I literally had to deprogram my mind and get rid of all of my corporate habits, the ones that I knew about and even the ones that I didn't know about. I had to erase them. I had to deprogram my mind. I had the right mind to hire a business coach to help me get through this. And I'm sure glad that I did. Because it was almost like going through detox. It was enlightening, it was painful, it was exhausting and energizing all at various times of my journey. And this is when I realized the number one thing for business success is mindset. You can get out of the employee mindset, but it takes someone to help you do it. It's, there's very few people that can do this on their own. Because of the, the adage of you don't know what you don't know. So you can be super talented at something, but if you don't have the right business mindset, you're going to fail. You can have millions of dollars in seed money behind you, but if you don't have the right business mindset, you're going to fail. So here are the top three strategies for a growth mindset that I think every business owner has to have in order to be successful. Number one, positive power. You have to be able to quiet the negative voice in your mind. That one that tells you constantly you can't do something or that you're not good enough or that you're going to fail. Because if you listen to it, you will fail. Being in a new business owner means experiencing a lot of firsts and dealing with a lot of uncertainty. And if you aren't mentally strong and focused on positive power, and what I mean by that is the ability to turn, what if this all goes wrong? What if this all goes south? What if this all falls apart? That voice in your head, turning it into the positive version of what if this all turns out amazing? What if this happens exactly the way I need it to and I get exactly what I'm looking for? If you don't turn that into a positive, you will struggle and most likely give up. And I think that this is why most businesses fail. And so this is why I help my clients focus on having the right mindset from the start. 
It's absolutely vital for your success. So number two is ditching the employee mindset. Now, being in a corporate environment means everyone has a boss to answer to. Managers have directors, directors have executives, executives have the C-suite, and the C-suite have shareholders and owners to answer to. So this means you're always in need of someone else's approval. Not just on what you do, but also how you do it. When you're a business owner, specifically a smaller business owner, you are the decision maker. The decisions start and end with you. And this is where imposter syndrome can kick in. You get those questions about, are you really capable of making the decision on your own? Is it the right one to make? Are you good enough to make this decision? And as an employee, no matter what level you are at, the responsibility and the ownership of making decisions was co-owned by both you and your boss. And now as a business owner, that lies solely and squarely on your shoulders. So losing that employee mindset is tough, but with practice, you can overcome it. Decisions have to be made based on the impact to the business. And so it requires a mindset that allows you to focus on the bigger picture and the health of your company. The third strategy is abundance. As a business owner, the number one factor to focus on arguably is sales. If you don't have steady sales, you don't have money. And if you don't have money, you won't have a business. So having a lack mindset, one that is always living in fear of not having enough and being afraid to spend money, that will cripple you and your business. Being a business owner means you need to take risks, calculated risks, but more risks than what you would take if you were an employee. And so taking risks is harder when you're in a lack mindset, when you're, all, when you're always fearful or constantly fearful of losing what you have, you're going to not be able to make the right decisions because you're always fearful. So adopting an abundance mindset means constantly looking at what you have instead of what you don't have. As the saying goes, where your focus goes, energy flows. So your thoughts become your intentions, your intentions become your actions, your actions become your habits. And if those are negative, guess what the outcome is going to be? Failure. So keeping those positive, keeping that abundance mindset, that's going to be crucial for you to be successful. So those are the three mindset strategies that I help my clients establish right out of the gate. Because I think being a successful business owner and one that's focused on growth means that you have to focus your mindset on different things. And that's the first hurdle to kind of overcome in order to get you on the path to growth. 
So adopting a solid growth mindset is key to growing any business. And this is a perfect segue into the next topic, which is understanding your consumer. I have a great pleasure of working with business owners from all different backgrounds and creative fields. The creative business owners, they're my people. They're my community. I love the diversity, the energy, and the vision of the people that I get to work with. When I first meet with my clients, I go through an exercise of reviewing their existing marketing strategies to understand what they have, where any gaps are, and what effort might be required to fill in those gaps to ensure that they have the foundation that I know they're going to need in order to be successful and grow their business. Now, in most cases, there's, there's a good understanding that they have of who their target consumer is. They may have the demographics and the psychographics figured out, but there's usually a gap in the understanding of what their consumer's real pain points are. And the reason why this is important is, in my opinion, the key thing that I tell my clients to understand is you're not in the business of selling your services and your products. You're in the business of solving your consumer's problems. And in order to do that effectively, you as a business owner, you really need to understand the problems and the pain points that your consumers are dealing with how those problems make them feel and how you as a business owner can help them solve those problems. That is called value. And in my previous podcast episodes, I do mention the value equation and this is the key element to it. As a business owner, you need to dig deep and get an intimate understanding of those pain points. This is why consumer research is so vital to your business. Before you go spending tens of thousands of dollars on advertising and social ads and video content or any form of promotion, you really need to dig deep on what your business solves for and how you uniquely solve it. So here are two things that you can do to dig deep into finding out what your client's pain points actually are and to validate them. Number one, listen live. If you know who your target consumer is, then you probably have a good idea of where they spend their time online. You need to do listening exercises and dig up insights to their pain points, their problems, and do this on various platforms. You can visit sites like Reddit, for example, and sift through threads to get real, authentic, and honest insights to topics that matter to your consumers. You can also review the comments section on top performing content. So if you go to YouTube, Instagram, or X, formerly known as Twitter, you can use the comments and sift through them and get some really good nuggets of information to what their problems are and the pain points that they're dealing with. It can also be a great place to listen and review replies from other consumers. If you're a B2B business, then LinkedIn is a great place to scrub the comments on posts that are related to the services that you offer. Just take a look at how they're responding, what some of the pain points, what some of the POVs that they share with other people 
you'll find some really interesting sound bites in there um, that you can use to tailor your messaging, how you serve up your services and your products. So the second way that you can find out what your client's pain points are is literally to ask them. If you have an email list, this literally is a no-brainer. You can send emails to your potential target consumers on a regular basis to validate what some of their top pain points are, and then you can tailor the messaging for the services and products that you offer directly to that. You can also leverage your branded social channels. You can do things like create polls, ask questions. Which is the most popular for you, A, B, or C? Which do you find most annoying? Which is the biggest challenge that you have to overcome, A, B, or C? Or you can even make posts and ask for comments on the topic and see what you get. You can write a post on LinkedIn and say, what do you think the biggest pain point is in dealing with video post-production companies? You'd be surprised at how open people are willing to get on public forums. So those are two ways that you can really dig deep on finding out what your client's pain points are and then use those to promote your products or services in a way that's gonna resonate with them because it's going to solve their problem. So let's recap. So there's three strategies that you can use to build a growth mindset. One, positive power, the act of having a positive outlook. Two, ditching the employee mindset, literally reprogramming your mindset to being a business owner. And then three, abundance, focusing on what you have instead of what you don't. Understanding your consumer means realizing their mindset and fully understanding their pain points. So you aren't selling your services, but you're selling solutions to their problems. And you can better understand their pain points by doing two things. One, listening live. Review what they're saying online and commenting on social forums. The second thing that you can do is ask them. Try doing polls on social platforms, your branded social platforms, and leverage your email list for instant feedback. Well, that's today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this gave you some ideas on how to develop your growth mindset and better understand your client's pain points and how to validate them. As always, if you have any questions about what we talked about today, or if you need help with your next project, please drop me an email. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Join me next episode as I discuss how to land more six-figure projects. You won't want to miss it. Be sure to come back for more information, insights, and strategies on how to grow your business right here on Nifty Thinking.